Were any of you ever afraid of the dark growing up? Because today we are talking about light and darkness, and it is a joy to welcome one of our favorite missions partners, Chris hmm. from Life for the Innocent is here. And Chris, we were talking about light and darkness. Can you just say hello to our people as we welcome them today? Yeah, absolutely. Hey everyone, it has been an absolute blessing to be here with all of my second family at Greenhouse Church. Love you guys. And we love you. I'm gonna read you a passage from John chapter one because this is a weekend that we call The Big Give where we try to, in a very real way, partner with Missionary Sam and what's mm -hmm. being done with human trafficking in other parts of the world. But I wanted to frame today with some scripture even to build our faith. John one says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. This is speaking of Jesus with the title, The Word. He was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Chris, I love this verse, and I want to just proclaim to you that in Jesus, there is life, and the life of Jesus is what lights up, lights up mankind. It's the light of all humankind. It says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Verse nine says the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world and he was in the world. And though the world was made through him, that which was his own, the world didn't recognize him. And then it says in verse 12, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. So we're talking about light. And this morning I drove up to our church property that we call the hub. And the sun was not yet up, but you could see on the horizon the darkness beginning to fade because the light was really evacuating the darkness. And scripture always mentions darkness like a metaphor of oblivion, destruction, chaos, hopelessness, despair. And we feel this right now in the world with what's going on in the Middle East, with what's taking place in a lot of different areas, but today we're talking about human trafficking. And I think a lot of us feel that way that we know human trafficking, which in, in a general sense, we'll call that like modern day slavery. We'll say, we, we, we call that a darkness. And scripture tells us that, that when humans walked away from God, we walked into darkness. And the further we get from God, the, the darker that our lives become. But when we come back to God, there's a, a light that, that shines in life just like the sun comes into the morning sky. And Chris, that's really what Life for the Innocent, I think, does. In fact, one of the videos that I think that will even be available on our website, you guys quoted this verse five in that, just talking about this mm -hmm. darkness that cannot overcome the light. So Chris, just kind of give us a snapshot of of what Life for the Innocent does, mm -hmm. maybe give us one of the a story that that sums this up because this week we're really calling our greenhouse family to both personally embrace light and then to also spread the light. And we mm -hmm. want to do that with Life for the Innocent. Thank you. Life for the Innocent exists to rescue, restore, and renew children from human trafficking. Uh, we've been doing this work, it really began when I first had the opportunity to meet missionary Sam back in 2006. And that was the moment that I came uh, face to face. He and I had met two years prior 
And I came face to face with the reality of children, young children, five-year-olds, eight-year-olds, 10-year-olds who are being trafficked. Uh, at that time, I had children of that age. My wife and I are blessed to have six kids, four, four sons and two girls You've that been we fruitful. have adopted. Yes, yes. And being able to just see firsthand into the eyes um, of a child who is going through that level of pain and darkness, uh, it opened my eyes and really couldn't go back to normal life that we're so comfortable living, most of us here in the West, and not acknowledge that that was a reality that I had experienced. So that was really the, the genesis. Sam and his team had been doing the work um, up to that point, and I just saw an opportunity and um, told the Lord I wanted to be involved in what he was doing. And yeah, now fast so let, forward. Let, let's get a little specific on sure. this, not, not to be unnecessarily graphic, but you ended up making a trip to Southeast Asia mm -hmm. and you were brought into brothels, marketplaces mm -hmm. where they're just like people could go to a flea market and buy stuff. People are in markets yeah. buying people. Yeah. Is that accurate? Absolutely. Sam, I remember when Sam first picked me up and he said, we've got a short train ride. It's only 15 hours. <laughs> I was on sure. one of those with Yeah, him. yeah. Yeah. And I remember we checked into the motel and within, we, we get picked up by a cab within 30 seconds, the guy asked me if I wanted young flesh. And I re remember just, even now, all the hair on the back of my, my neck stands up and we made a, a short trip. Uh, because Americans do come over. Right. It's an industry. Yeah, the sex, absolutely. Trade, sex tourism. Sex tourism. Yeah. And I remember we were walking down the boardwalk along this beach and I saw this group of kids. I was thinking we were going into a building and I saw this group of kids outside and I smiled at one. And uh, I remember a guy grabbed my arm and he pointed to her and he said, spoiled. Then he pointed, she was probably eight and pointed to the six year old next to her and said, fresh. And that's when it all came completely, just my worldview that, oh yeah, there's some evil in the world, but the world is basically a, you know, a fairly positive place at times. And it just fell apart darkness. for me there. Total darkness. So describe the darkness, how we talk about human trafficking. What is that? How many slaves mm -hmm. are in the world right now? Yeah, human trafficking is defined as uh, anyone through force, fraud, or coercion being held against their will, in essence, slavery nowadays. Um, the Global Slavery Index stated at the end of 2022 that there were uh, over 60 million people in this form of modern-day slavery. Uh, the interesting thing is that I was primarily focused a lot on the labor trafficking industry. Right. So we know a lot more than that number. So there's labor trafficking, there's sex trafficking. Yep. And uh, in the last organ 11 years, yep, we began working in the organ markets where children are, in essence, euthanized for their organs. Um, you know, and I always had a question. I've met very, very skilled surgeons, and I never understood how a surgeon that could do that type of procedure, you know, most likely a surgeon that's capable of that has been trained in the West and is 
understands the Hippocratic Oath. And right. it, it never really clicked for me until Sam met a guy, told me a story of how this guy's perspective, and this really gets into what we truly battle in Asia. We're not only dealing with a financial system of trafficking that's bringing billions to traffickers, but we're dealing with a cultural and even a religious belief system that this individual said, I am an agent of karma and it is my job to get these ones to their next life soon. When I heard that, it, it, it made sense to me that, wow, this is, they think it's actually doing a service to these kids who were born under the wrong star formation or uh, did something wrong in a previous life that, that this is actually gonna benefit them that, that is one of the in questions the people have. Can we not just change the laws? Can we not just change the economics of this? Would that solve the problem? But if the philosophy behind it is you are being reincarnated into a low class and therefore you're getting what you deserve. Sam has actually talked about people not liking the rescuing that they do because they're messing with the karma right. of these kids. Right. So, which is why Life of the Innocent partners with what Sam is doing in Southeast Asia. They don't just do activism, they do justice in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's gonna have to change the heart. Right. Can you just speak to that? Yeah, you know, it really, I'm reminded of previous conversations we've had and how really the root and the fruit is about what we do. Right. And the fruit, the way we look at it is the fruit of these, ch these children right. that we are taking in that we are, by God's grace, given an opportunity to rehabilitate, to mm. restore, yeah. and then trusting in the Holy Spirit to renew them. Right. And seeing that really this will continue unless we go after the right. root. Right. And the root is mankind, and it's the battle that we fight, yeah. <laughs> all of us in all the countries of the world. And the only cure, the only true cure to get to the root, to change everything from inside out yeah. is the gospel right. of Jesus Christ. The, the only cure for darkness is actually light. Light. It's going to have to be light. Tell us what LFTI does because the, one of yeah. these children will be in, they're living in darkness and it, I mean, they're, some of them are hungry. Some of them, uh, they've had all sorts. I, I heard Sam say their stories can look similar, but their pains are unique. Yeah. So tell us what LFTI, Life for the Innocent, does to bring light into mm. a dark life. Yeah. So when children are initially rescued, they're brought into the homes. They are given thorough medical checkups and children come from all different situations. Yeah. Um, some kids are, are healthy. Um, virtually all of the, t the children we take in have been abandoned mm. by their parents or either sold by their parents. Um, they're given the medical care the counseling work begins right away. We match them with a forever family right away. And these forever families come from all of the churches that we partnered with in our network. Um, these forever families go through an 18-month vetting process. And this 18-month vetting process, at the end of that, once they've been approved, uh, I am super psyched to say that all of the families go through at least one year in our TIC program, which is Trauma-Informed Care Counseling. Uh, my wife and I adopting two children, not through LFTI, of course, because all of the children that we take in are, are, we keep them in their home countries, their home families, people in their same culture speak their own language. 
but the amount of training that I received, my wife received as we adopted was minuscule. I was shocked in the amount of things that we've just even had to process in adopting mm. kids from hard places. It, it, it's, it was never enough. Right. So having the opportunity now to equip these parents with the tools necessary to identify specific triggers that kids are going through. And, and really that the beauty of it is that that's an ongoing yeah. opportunity for them to connect, reconnect in the first six to 12 months that counseling takes place at first daily and then multiple times a week and then weekly. It gives them an opportunity to just get used to being a child again. Um, so once those children have uh, gone home with the families, uh, of course, education is a piece. Living in a family, they are connected to the church network. Yeah. They're part of a micro church. So really follow up is a, it's not a quarterly thing. It's, it's, a, it's a daily thing right? in a lot of opportunities. I love it. And the beauty of seeing now these kids grow up, we, we've been doing this. Man, Sam and I have known each other since 2004. We've been doing this close to 20 years. And now seeing children come back who have been rescued, and the dream at the beginning in that motel, I remember having a conversation. The dream was, wouldn't it be amazing if the kids rescued could become the rescuers? Is that starting to happen? It is. It is. More chills. <laughs> oh, yeah. Seeing now res adult rescued children, <laughs> adult rescued uh, uh, people that have been through the program now ministering to the kids because to, to really minister to that level of pain, empathy goes a heck of a lot farther yeah. than sympathy. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's super excited. We're, we're excited to work ourselves out of jobs and let the next generation take over. I love yeah. it. I love it. So bottom line is even this weekend, we're trying to raise money to help with this. $1,485 is is kind of the number we've done, okay? And mm -hmm. obviously that, that's got to break down of different things it does. Sure. Tell us about this 1485, like that number, 1485. Tell us what that does. Yeah, so it's it's sometimes foreign for us living in the West. Gosh, my food budget, <laughs> my food budget, especially when I had teenagers was more than that. But what what dollars can do in other countries where most salaries, most monthly yeah. salaries are $150, $200 a month. So what our, our dollars can do over there in the life of a kid, $1,485 takes care of the majority of all the expenses from initial intake into a home, uh, placement in a forever family, the counseling piece, the medical piece, food, staff to take care of them, uh, education, the, all the documents that are needed to place legally mm. these children in forever families. Mm. It's, it's incredible what we, can, what we can do. And I think God has blessed us as a, uh, a country with, we're a rich country comparatively, mm -hmm. you know? We have a lot of blessing and we have a lot of opportunity to make a lot of difference yeah. in the kids. Who well, that is, what that is what we're asking everybody in that's part of Greenhouse or anyone that's watching this video. If you would like to be a part of this, I, I first met Sam when someone heard us talking about justice and they said, would you like to do more than just talk about justice? Would you like to do something about it? 
And I said, yeah. And I, I met him and that began the journey for us at Greenhouse to begin to partner with what has taken place. And at this point, there's been thousands and thousands of kids that have been rescued. Sam reminds me, these aren't numbers, these are names. These yeah. are people, these are humans, these are kids. Yeah. And it doesn't always turn out great. I mean, even, right. even this year, there's been, uh, to look in the eyes of Sam when he described some of the kids that did not make it, some of the kids that did not make it through surgery or, mm -hmm. or whatever, but to know the goodness of the Lord flows through the people of the mm -hmm. Lord. And that's really yeah. what we're asking people to be a part of. Yeah. Maybe give us just a closing story of somebody yeah. that gives us a snapshot that stands out in your mind. Yeah. This is why we do what we do. Right. And then I'm just going to give people a chance to give. Yeah. So I want to tell you, you know, I, there are so many different stories that I could tell you. If we had hours and hours and hours, I would love to just share all of the different amazing stories of what God's doing. But I'm specifically reminded of uh, a girl by, by the name of Bhavani. And Bhavani was, uh, she was about nine years old. And unfortunately, at nine years old, her dad died. And a, a priest, local priest, came to the home. Not Christian priest. Nope, nope. Uh, came to the home and was speaking with the mother. And uh, this priest basically said, you know, the reason that your husband died is because of your, your daughter and your son. Your kids are bad luck. They have bad karma. And the, mm. you will not escape this bad karma mm. unless they are no longer a part of your life. And um, the mom made a decision, told the kids that they were going to go on a trip and went to a local train station. She asked uh, Bhavani and her sister and her brother to, to wait right there by a pillar and said, I'm gonna go get some snacks, I'm gonna be right back. And was gone, left. Mm. Mm. Um, long story short, Bhavani and her brother were trafficked. Um, they, were, they went through unspeakable things for years, separated, went through unspeakable things for years. And uh, thankfully, um, they were found and, and brought in through an LFTI team to one of the homes mm. and placed with a forever family. And Ravani, of course, extremely angry uh, and, and in pain, dealing with everything that she had gone through, uh, not being connected with her brother anymore, just bitter towards her mom. And by the grace of God, <laughs> she was... Uh, she was matched up with a forever family that were wise, God-fearing, Christ-loving parents and really just ministered to her heart and didn't condemn her when she was frustrated and angry with what had happened to her, or the feelings that she had towards her mother, but just really were part of the restoration process of, of mm. her understanding that yeah, there, there was, there's confusion, there's deception. And uh, Bhavani grew up, she graduated school. Her parents took her, uh, put her through college. She ended up getting a master's degree, hmm. um, got a, a, an amazing job at a company and was uh, big and had a lot of business trips. Hmm. And they were local business trips to where she's from. Wow. And she was at a train station one day and Bhavani noticed um, a beggar going from person to person. As she looked closer, she realized that the beggar was her mother. Mm. And just her, her world was rocked at that point. 
you know, a lot of years has, had transpired and she had processed uh, forgiveness mm. for her mother. But of course, when you're face to face with the parent right. that abandoned you is a whole nother ball of wax. Mm. So I remember hearing her story and she said, I took a several deep breaths and I realized that God had helped me process forgiveness. Mm. And I chose, maybe not necessarily that I always feel, because a big difference between choosing to forgive and feeling to forgive, and maybe always the feelings aren't there, but she just reassured herself, I chose to forgive this woman. And she went up to her and she said, do you remember me? She said, no. She said, I'm Bhavani. I'm your daughter. Oh. You left me and my brother at a train station. Mm. And she said, the mother started crying and fell at her feet, asking for forgiveness, said, I should have never listened to that priest and given you guys away and, and left you. And they, they, they embraced. There wow. was lots of tears. And in the end, you know, just fast forward, Bravani was hmm. uh, moved closer to her. Hmm. The family spends a lot of time together and just goes to the, the forever family. The forever family, her, her adoptive parents wow. are supportive. Wow. Let her come to the home, are part of her child's life. She has a daughter. And just to see that, that restoration, that, that gift, she comes to church uh, almost every Sunday with Ravani and her family, her husband, and she's a part of their lives now. And mm. to just to see how God sometimes weaves these stories that really just bring all the broken pieces of this vase of life to where it's, it's beautiful again, yeah. is, it's just a gift. Not all stories end like that, right? but this is just one specifically that I wanted to share because especially talking with everybody this weekend and, and sharing stories that might not necessarily have a happy ending. This is one that just has such a beautiful, beautiful ending that shows the power of God, the grace of yeah. God, the mercy of God. I love it. In the land of the living. I hope it encourages people. Yeah. If you want to be a part and if you want to give, I would just throw the ask out there to give extravagantly. You can give through Greenhouse and just put the big give or you can put Sam and and we will put it toward that this weekend unless something's otherwise designated everything that we're taking in is going toward uh, the big giving going toward rescuing kids and i'll just kind of end it right there where you kind of set this up i mean the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world that's jesus he was in the world and though the world was made through him it didn't recognize him Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. There's just a way in which Jesus does what no one else can do, that Jesus shines in a life and he just changes everything. And I just want to announce to you that through the cross of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus, that light has shined in a way that, that it's begun. The, the morning has dawned and whether it's Bravani's or whether it's your life, it is our prayer that you're going to see the light of God shine through your life as well. And I'm just going to say a closing prayer for life for the innocent, but also for you, if you today need life, why don't you reach out to Jesus? You can reach out to us as well and be a part of this solution of rescue all over the world. So Father, we thank mm -hmm. you 
for Chris, for Missionary Sam, for Life for the Innocent, and for this, this effort that we have to come together to let your light shine in very dark places. I pray that it will shine there. And anyone that's even watching right now that needs extra light in their life, I know it comes from you, Jesus. And I pray that you'll do something with that. And these gifts that are gonna be given today, even through the links that are made available here for people to give and be a part of this, Lord, we commit every single dollar given to you today in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. God bless. Thanks for being with us.